Are you thinking about buying a lake or pond? Well, today's episode, we're going to bring in biologist Greg Grimes. And we're going to talk about the fundamentals you need to be aware of, you need to know before you make that purchase. Welcome to Sitting Dockside. This podcast is for people who dig ponds and lakes as much as we do. On this podcast, we're going to bring the most knowledgeable people from all over the country. Talk about wildlife, fisheries, lake construction, lake management. Sit them down, hang out, and just talk some shop. I'm your host, Matt Rail. I've been working with lakes and ponds for over 20 years. And during that time, I picked up on a ton of tips and tricks from lake and pond owners all over the country. So if you want to learn how to catch some smiles for your kids and grandkids off your lake, or how to grow some memories off your pond, then come sit with us, sitting dockside. Greg Grimes from Aquatic Environmental Services down in, what is it? What Where in Georgia are you from? Battleground. Battleground. Ball okay. All right. The last, last place Indians played ball before the Trail of Tears. Really? Yeah, sure is. Ball? Like what kind of ball? Like lacrosse, like lacrosse is what they talk about. Yeah. And that's how they get the name? Uh-huh. Oh, there you go. That's, but even oh, people well. in our county don't even know where ball ground is, so don't 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 feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> Big place, huh? That's right. Yeah. We like it this way. So yeah, what we're we're gonna talk about today is is if you just purchased a lake or pond in your area and Greg, you've you've heard this call probably a hundred times. A guy calls in, I just bought a piece of property. What do I do? I got a either one acre lake or a 10 acre lake. What would you tell these guys what, what to do and, and uh, what to do first and what, what you need to have to make yourself a little better manager? Yeah. So I'm literally not kidding. Just got that call today, Matt. So uh, we do get it a lot. And my answer is always the same on that. We have to gather some information first. Um, so if you've got at your disposal, uh, professional fisheries biologist, that's the thing to do. Uh, we do a lot of electrofishing. We call it a lake audit. And so what that is, Matt, is water quality, you know, maybe a bathymetric study. How deep is the lake? What kind of volumes do you have in the lake? Um, uh, run a panel of water quality, run a panel of vegetation. What's the dam like? And then the bulk of it is electrofishing, which means we're going to stun the fish, collect data on the fish, length, weight, relationships, look at a lot of data, and then help you define your goals. And then once we know the goals, once we know budget, once we know what's in the pond and what the capacity is, then we can make solid recommendations. So that's the first step is getting uh, some information gathered on the body of water. Should a person call you before they buy the, per- the property? We do that a lot too. Yeah, we do that. Uh, I call it the due diligence period. So mm-hmm. sometimes they'll say we have uh, a contract on the property. We have 30 days to figure out if we want to buy it or not. In that case, usually the fishery is not most important because that's fairly cheap to fix in the, in the scheme of things. What is really important there, though, is the dam, outlet structure, how deep the lake is. Because that's the thing that's going to be really pricey to fix uh, if it's not right. Right. So you're looking at the overall structure and integrity of the whole entire lake. If there's going to have to be some dredging or, or if there has to be some, if there has to be some, you know, major renovations, you think it's either worthwhile to, 
to invest on this property or not, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're buying a piece of property and you're like, hey, this already has a pond on it. That's awesome. But you're going to turn around and spend $50,000 redoing the dam. Right. You may not want to buy that property. Or the right. opposite of, hey, everything's good. Uh, there's a little leak in the outlet structure. Not a big deal. A little bit of dredging to take place in this 10-acre lake. And you may have to drop $10,000. You know, that's that's a good deal as well. So yeah, do an evaluation of that. And we can go and look at water quality, see if there's no major issue there. Uh, we throw that in too, but you know, the fishery might come a little bit later, but that's obviously uh, at some point uh, a major factor that you got to figure out. So you think fisheries may be a secondary issue when you purchase, purchase on the beginning stages. Yeah. It's probably the main reason of purchasing the property and everyone has different fishing goals, but uh, if they're wanting maybe a, a quality or trophy bass scenario and the fish are ray out of whack, we may say, hey, you, you may anticipate uh, starting over and draining this down. And here's some costs associated with that to give them maybe the worst case scenario. Okay. On the fishery side, what kind of things do you need? I mean, can they do it with a fishing rod if it's a small lake or is it a, I mean. Yeah, even a big lake. I mean, really? honestly, it, everything, everything's a little different. I mean, uh -huh. with, with knowledge and with this resource that you're providing here, uh, you can go out, catch some fish, run a relative weight index on bass. Uh, you can get a cheap little seine net uh, and pull a seine and look and see what you're catching. If you're getting competitive species, it's going to be a problem. Uh, or you're getting overabundance of species. You can learn a lot that way. There's no doubt about it. And there's definitely some uh do it yourself for folks that want to take advantage of that especially in a smaller body of water but right. uh you know if you've got some really detailed questions it gets a little more difficult and that's when you need electro fishing boat to get in there right. and what is the difference between a creel survey and electro fishing boat and are you and on that on that boat are you i mean what exact exactly are you looking for yeah it's what we're looking for it's it's the best scientific tool we have it's not perfect uh, there are species that we're not going to capture as easily, but we're going to uh, do it in a non-biased way. So if you're fishing, you're fishing with a smaller lure, a bigger lure, uh, you're fishing live bait or fishing worms. So you're going to bias towards a certain species or a certain size species. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, um, you've got to understand you're only going to catch certain things. Um, so it's a more scientific approach uh, to what you're going to see and what you're going to get out of it. And when you said the word relative weights, what exactly are, are those? That's a good one. That, that's something I really, um, even, even when we're doing electric fishing, that's a snapshot. You know, that's a one-time look at what's going on. And weather patterns can dictate a little bit. We know what's happening, but uh, I want to see year-round what's going on. So if a client can learn to run a relative weight index, you can run them on bluegill, and, and that's important too. But what's really important is running it on largemouth bass. Most parts of the country, that's your dominant predator. Mm -hmm. And so uh, knowing if that bass is long and skinny or short and fat, uh, it's going to tell us a lot about the body of water. If they're long and skinny, it means there's either a low forage base or there's too many predators, maybe competition predator, or maybe just too many bass. And so what I mean by relative weight is you take the length, you take the weight, you look on a chart and see what it should be for that given length. There's a brand new app now. I can go and kind of plug that since it's live, but it's SmartFish US, uh, mm -hmm. wonderful app that you can do yourself. It's totally free. 
you want to share that with your lake manager, that's even better because then we get that data, can look at that, again, not just that one-time snapshot, but look at it year-round and see how those bass are looking. And finally, finishing up, what did you mean by sitting down with a customer and trying to achieve their goals? What do you? Yeah, again, I had that conversation today. And so the gentleman said, well, I just want to catch bluegill and bass. That's not really a goal. That's, that's very generic answer. So what I mean by that is when we have a stocking regime, we want to know, uh, do we want to stock more, more forage and less predators? Because if your answer is, I want to grow some really big bass, or if it's more of, I want kids to be able to catch a lot of smaller bass. We're going to stock more bass and less forage. Um, you may want to have trout. You might want to have catfish fishery. You might want to have high restrict bass, you know, where you are in some Northern States, you know, yellow perch or walleye or something like that. So what is a very specific goal? What do you want to get out of the body of water? Do you want to have some fishing, but really I want to go swimming a lot. And that's what's important because too many times I see biologists, answering what to stock before they ask that question. And to me, that's the most important thing is to find out what do they want to achieve out of their pond or lake. And then we can give them a good plan to uh, have those recess results. Yeah, I agree with that. Totally. You know, if you can really, the worst type of management strategy is, Hey, I just want a good fishery. And right, not right. Give, and it, when they can dial in, or you, it, you know, when when pond owner and lake owners can dial into exactly what they want, what a, I always ask, what is a perfect day of fishing? You know, for is it catching some bluegill off the dock with the little ones, or you mm -hmm. know, or is it you know spending you know four or five hours and catching a big lunker? Then that's those two different. Those are two different managing strategies, correct? If you want to go, they, they are. But sometimes, no. I mean, I will say this: sometimes a quality bass stocking is also great for kids because what that means is you have more numbers of bluegill. Mm. You want to catch really big bluegill, that's not doesn't necessarily jive with a quality bass stocking. But quality bass means you have less bass to catch, but they're bigger, and their survival of bluegill is higher. So you have more bluegill to catch. A kid doesn't care. I mean, they like to catch bigger ones, but a young kid, first time out, they're going to lose interest right away. You want them to catch something pretty quick. So the more numbers of bluegill, the better. So that actually goes together. You have a quality okay. bass fishery that also has a lot of bluegill for kids to catch. Cool. So basically you're saying here is that if you have a bass need to eat, right? So if to get to the lunkers, we're going to have to have a really high, high bluegill population to get mm -hmm. some shoulders on them. Cool. So to kind of summarize is if you get the call, if, you know, if I plan on buying this property or if, if I'm going to go ahead and, and bought this property, what should I do? You're going to look at the integrity of the lake and pond first, right? To see That's what right. the overall worth, like this, you said, lake audit. So you're going to look at the dams and, and soft sediments and et cetera. And then as you start to analyze the overall, infrastructure kind of like your overall health then you start to do a lot of these and i hate to say the word amenities but that would be let's get a little deeper and that would be the fisheries and just to dial in and then have some conversations of where this customer needs to go did i miss anything out that, that you got it i will i will chime in on this I'll, what not to do <laughs> okay. so what not to what not to do is buy that piece of property and call up and say, I want to stock some bass. I want to stock some bluegill. I want to stock some catfish. I want to stock trout, but the trout aren't going to live but a couple months out of the year. So okay. get that information first before you start spending money is the point. Okay.
Great yep. stuff. Mm-hmm. So you've been in business 20 years, huh? Yeah, almost 25, really. Really? All right. <laughs> well, hey, man, we're so glad to have you with PWNRA and, and uh, in, in, in telling us your knowledge, and, and I really appreciate you taking the time with us, Greg. Hope that, hope that helped out. Thanks, Matt. This podcast, Sitting Dockside, is brought to you by Private Water Natural Resource Association, a nonprofit built just to educate private pond and lake owners in their water quality and fisheries and all of that good stuff. There's videos, there's places to read, and there's a community built right into that website. So if you want to learn more, jump to pwnra.org and click. And by all means, make sure that this continues in the future. Podcast, education, video, become a member. If nothing else, there's tons of platforms. YouTube, Facebook. Just hit like. Send a comment. We appreciate everything you can do here at PWNRA.